This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. Here's your chance to plan your family activities and learn more about what your city government and your neighbors are doing to make Lakeland a great place to live, work, and play. Thank you for joining us today for the May edition of the Listen Lakeland radio show. I'm Ileana Kniss with Lakeland Vision. And just a quick disclaimer, I am also with Peace River Center. And my guest today is Peace River Center's COO. So today's show will feature Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental health issues are more and more being brought to light today. So I reached out to Candace to see what we as a community can do to increase awareness and help others as we fight to destigmatize mental illness. So joining me today is Candace Barnes, like I said, COO of Peace River Center. And Candace has been with Peace River Center for 14 years and will share her knowledge on how to create acceptance and how to start the conversation with friends, colleagues, and loved ones. So welcome, Candace. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me today. It's, it's my privilege to be here with you. Um, I, I just absolutely love to be a representative of Peace River Center because I believe in community mental health and community mental health work. So I started in this field about 15 years ago as a volunteer at Peace River Center's Victim Services Program. And I did presentations and I vacuumed floors and I um, got to get some training and I fell in love with community mental health and victim services work. So I have been with Peace River Center for 14 years as as an employee and I've done some work in the victim services world. I've done school-based therapy and I've done work with kids and I have done work with adults and everything in between up to now at this point where I am the chief operating officer. So I'm a licensed mental health counselor by trade. And so that kind of colors my view on the world. And I love the opportunity to talk about mental health and its impact in our community and to add anything to that conversation because it is something that impacts every part of our lives, whether or not we always realize it. And if you think about it, one in five children and adults experience some sort of mental health condition in any given year. So that's just the individual experiencing the issue. And then you've got family members and friends who are impacted by that. So it's just such a vital part of our everyday lives. So every year in May, Peace River Center engages in awareness building activities during Mental Health Awareness Month. And this year's theme is Make It Okay. And Make It Okay is a community campaign that is aimed at reducing stigma by increasing the understanding and caring, um, creating caring conversations about mental illness. Very good. So that's exciting. I love that you've been with Peace River Center for 14 years and have kind of grown your way up to this uh, CO position. So congratulations with that. Well, thank um, you. So I know, you know, as Make It Okay, we're going to talk about stigma. And so over the years, I'm sure that you have seen how 
um, stigma impacts individuals. Um, as a community mental health organization, you're seeing a wide range of individuals. And so what would you say is the biggest challenge with stigma? Well, I think that just to the general um, impact it has on your community, whether that's the broader community or your circle of support, because it just colors everybody's viewpoint of what you should do, how you should handle a situation, or how you should respond if you are having some sort of symptoms of mental illness. And I kind of, um, a good example of this is a local survey that was conducted recently that asked the question of respondents if they believed seeing a therapist was a sign of weakness. And 47% of people who responded said they thought it was a sign of weakness. And, you know, that's kind of telling because in our society, there's a lot of things going on right now. We've had an extraordinarily tough year and people really need to feel like it's okay to reach out for help and that there's nothing wrong with that. It's a sign of strength when we ask for help when we need it. So the intent behind our Make It Okay campaign is really simple. We just really want to get across the message that it is okay to talk about mental illness it's okay to have a mental illness. It's okay to get support for a mental illness. And it's okay to love a person with a mental illness. But what's not okay is to not do anything. That's such a great point. And I think that sometimes we think that, again, I think this is part of the stigma of mental illness. See that if we go see a therapist, oh my goodness, we might be diagnosed with a mental illness. And what might that mean for us, right? But I think that sometimes it's not necessarily having to be diagnosed with a mental illness. It's just reaching out so you don't get to a point where, you know, maybe that's the prevention, that you are getting access to care ahead of an illness, right? Sure. So, yeah, it, it just, I think that is great to hear you say, you know, it's not okay to just not do anything. We want people to make sure that they're accessing care or just talking to someone, you know, no diagnosis, no anything, just get the emotional and the emotional stability that you might need for, you know, your current situation. Sure. And we all kind of exist on a day-to-day -day basis, kind of on a continuum, right? Some days we feel like we have it all together and other days, whether by things going on internally or externally, we feel a little bit less like we have it together. And when you're looking at um, mental mental health and mental well-being, it's when it gets to that kind of end of the, the pendulum or the continuum where it just doesn't feel like it's manageable anymore. It's really great idea to reach out to someone and, and to check in and, and figure out what's going on with your with, with yourself and what are the things that you can do to help yourself be resilient. Well, there's lots of things that, that anybody can do to kind of start and engage in that process. But really, just when we think about stigma, I mean, that word is thrown around so much. But really, just simply put, it's a negative perception that causes someone to devalue or think less of a person. And there's just really some simple ways that you can start to change those thoughts. And the first one is to just learn, you know, educate yourself. There's so much... Um, good research out there and good information that's broken down into ways that are easily digested. You don't have to have a PhD to learn about mental illness and what it's like for somebody whenever they're experiencing that. Um, I think that a really great resource is Mental Health America. 
if you can you know, Google that. They have a great website. They have all kinds of resources and videos and things, people talking about their firsthand experiences and how you can respond and things you can do. Uh, NAMI has uh, some really great information, especially for those who are supporting individuals with mental illness. So the first thing I would say is really learn. You know, don't just go off of things that you've heard or you've heard other people say, but go out there and get some good factual information for yourself. The second is to talk. Just it's so important to talk openly, to talk compassionately, to have some empathy for, for someone else and what they're experiencing. And you have to understand that there are things that you really can say to a person who is exhibiting symptoms of distress. And then there are some things that are maybe better to not say. And so, for example, you might not want to say, you know, just deal with it to somebody. But maybe you do say something more along the lines of, I'm here for you whenever you need me. There are resources out there that will teach you just how to respond when someone shares that they're going through something, whether it's depression or anxiety or something else. And another thing you can really do is just share, you know, share the resources that are available so that people will know that there are places they can get help. And those might be resources like Peace River Center. They might be support groups that you're aware of, but there are resources out there and when people engage they do recover so it's just important for people to know what's available uh so going back to what you just said just kind of like don't just say just deal with it but i feel like that goes back to the whole um misunderstanding or the survey that you said 47 percent of the respondents said you know seeking therapy was a sign of weakness you know and some people will you can get over it. You can just deal with it. Just move on. But, you know, there are specific times and places where you need someone to really guide you um, through those thoughts and emotions. Is there anything that you want to say about that? <laughs> sure. So I think that if I had a gaping wound on my body, I probably wouldn't just say, I think it'll get better if I just ignore it. And we do that, though, with our mental health. We, we try to, I think a, a good therapy word is we stuff, just, you know, stuff, stuff it away, kind of push it away. And if we can ignore it, maybe we can just keep going and we'll be fine. And other people perpetuate that because there is this idea that if you just have the will, you'll be able to overcome it. And when we're talking about, you know, things that are can be very debilitating condi conditions. There's no amount of will that's just gonna overcome something if you have a medical need. You do need to, to seek out that assistance to be able to, to navigate that. And a lot of times you're in uncharted you know, territories. Something that, that sometimes people don't think about when we're talking about mental health is there's lots of things that are covered under, under different kinds of mental illnesses. And some of those are you know childhood behaviors that are you know, hard to manage and, um, you know, attention issues and conduct issues. And you'll talk to parents and, and they'll, they'll be very kind of beside themselves because they've parented other children and their, their general tricks and tips aren't working. It's that same kind of thing. You know, there's no one size fits all in this world. And sometimes you just need that, per that person from the outside to bounce these things off of to give you a different perspective because what we've done before might not always work in the future because we change our situations change our you know circumstances change so it's absolutely not just something that anybody can just will themselves through 
You so can kind of bring it up to somebody, and that's great, but but that's kind of unfair to expect somebody's you know medical issues to just resolve themselves. So that's that kind of brings me to my next question about you know how mental illness is diagnosed, and it's you know much like a medical condition like diabetes, maybe cancer. We have to go through some process to get to that diagnosis. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So. You know, just like any sickness or disease, a mental health disorder is a medical condition. And it can mean that something in your body isn't working as it should. And there are so many reasons why someone may develop a mental illness. And, you know, they, they really vary. It could be, you know, adverse experiences. It could be something like a genetic predisposition. It could be exposure to harmful substances before birth. Um, brain chemistry, traumatic brain injury, it could be exposure to some other kind of personal trauma. And any of these things can, can occur and um, make someone be more likely to develop a mental health issue. And so to diagnose, you would really do maybe a couple of different things. You might see a doctor to rule out any physical conditions to see if there's anything that is contributing to um, your mental health. And then you would probably see or meet with a mental health treatment provider and they would do a psychosocial assessment with you to be able to determine kind of what your history is, what's what's been going on for you currently, what you're experiencing now, and basically taking some time and effort to get an accurate depiction and maybe diagnosis to help determine what appropriate treatment would be. So quite honestly, the more information you have, the more you'll be prepared to work with your mental health professional in understanding what your symptoms may represent and what you might be able to do to mitigate them. Yes, so that's so true. I know that much like a, a, some medical conditions can, I guess, would you call it induce um, some mental illnesses? I know I've heard with, you know, brain disease or like a traumatic brain um, injury or maybe, you know, even after cancer, you might become, you know, have some anxiety, you know, things are being triggered by other medical conditions. Sure. And and some medical conditions can cause, you know, delirium. It can cause behaviors that look like psychosis. You know, there's just so many things that can be going on with us internally that it's just good sometimes to take a holistic approach and just recognize that your mind and your body are connected and one in impacts the other. So, um, you know, checking in with a doctor and also with a mental health professional, those are two very good things to do in tandem whenever things kind of seem to be out of balance. Um, There are just a lot of things also just having, you know, maybe some chronic medical conditions can usually um, lead to, you know, depression or other types of issues that are a result of, you know, the fact that you're going through something very difficult for a long period of time. Absolutely. So I know that, you know, there is some belief out there that mental illnesses are not treatable, right? So um, I guess that belief still exists out there. And can you talk about the likelihood of recovery of a mental illness? I I think that this is usually um, a common misperception that that mental health um, conditions aren't treatable or, you know, there's some level of um, permanence there. But the the reality is that people really have very personal feelings about what it means to have a mental illness. 
And there can be this sense of hopelessness that surrounds the idea of having a mental illness because when you're in the depths of that illness, it can be really hard to imagine that things are getting are going to get better. And I think that we all maybe can relate to that a little bit if you've ever been sick and, you know, you, you know, if you had the flu for several days, you know, that feeling you get where you just kind of you get in that spot where you're like, I'm never going to feel well again. <laughs> I think we've maybe all had something similar to that that we can kind of identify with. And so if someone um, is is dealing with a mental illness, they can get kind of stuck in that hopeless space of, I don't think I'll ever feel well again. Um, but the truth is recovery is possible and mental illnesses are certainly treatable. And just like I said before, there's no one size fits all, right? What what is um, what what my goals in life are probably different than what your goals are, what someone else's are. So what what we're gonna see as success or what we're gonna see as um, the road to recovery are probably gonna look different because we're all different. And I think that we have to remember that too, that sometimes um, people come up with that belief based on where they think someone should be. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Sometimes, you know, our family members and our friends have have an idea of where we should be in life and what we should have accomplished. And sometimes we're on the way there and we just haven't quite got there yet. Um, and I think that plays into this as well. But I would say that once treatment begins, most people really do find relief and life does get better. And most mental illnesses can be treated effectively through some combination of, you know, therapy or social supports, you know, sometimes medication or attending your physical health. And those things together can, can make an impact. And so sometimes that person, you know, has, you know, complete um, I guess the word would be resolution of their symptoms. And some people just see a, a great reduction in symptoms. And it just really depends because different um, issues present differently and have different implications. So, and there are really many resources available to help individuals and families. And the sooner people get treatment, the greater their chances of recovery. And as with any illness, it's better to identify and treat it early before someone becomes seriously ill. Um, there's so much research on, you know, even individuals who have um, psychosis, you know, if you can intervene and treat them within that window, their first episode, their ability to um, have uh, more significant, you know, response to treatment uh, is higher. So there's things like that. Um, and, and I won't pretend like it's easy whenever you um, are going through the midst of a mental health issue to engage in anything. But there, there are, you know, resources out there, you know, information for helping you to kind of decide what avenue you want to go. And it can be um, confusing to access any part of the healthcare system. So I would just encourage someone to, to ask questions or if you have someone that is in your corner, you know, and you feel like you can't have them ask questions for you um, because that can be, especially when you're in the throes of your, you know, whatever's going on for you with you in life can be hard to, to navigate sometimes. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out too some key points of that is, you know, again, talking about prevention and don't not being afraid to seek care if you're experiencing maybe some early signs and symptoms of something, you know, I think that's what's so important is like the likelihood of recovery um, is higher the earlier you start to treat. 
So again, by removing um, any ideals that we might have or negative thoughts about seeking um, ther therapy for, for emotional distress, anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, really, we really need to, to hone in on that and, and make sure people understand that it's okay. That's why Make It Okay sounds like such a great campaign. I'm very passionate about it. I know you are too, Candace. Sure. And I think that um, I, I, somebody gave me this example the other week and I told them I was going to steal it. But, you know, sometimes we're, we're going through something in life and we are thinking about it a lot. It's taking up a lot of space in our heads. And we have people who are close to us, if we're lucky, and they can tell something is wrong with us. And you know, sometimes we think like, well, what, what good is it going to do? You know, if I say this out loud, like it won't change anything, but you know, that feeling when you finally just tell that person, this is what's going on with me. And this is what's been, you know, on my mind, that feeling of release, that feeling of relief that someone has heard you and understands you and knows what you're going through. That is such a big part of, of therapy and treatment. It's just somebody else seeing and seeing you, hearing you, knowing where you're at, being able to help you maybe find some perspective that you are a little bit too close to the situation to get yourself. And that's the basis of what we're talking about here, that it's okay to do that. And I think we've probably all had a similar situation like that. We've had that experience and sharing with someone did, it did make a difference. Yeah, that's such a great segue too. that, you know, being supportive of someone with a mental illness, right? You know, again, there's a lot of visions and things that we hear on social media or see on TV about how difficult this and that, but tell us a little bit more about that. How do you support someone who, who has a diagnosis of a mental illness? Well, I think that oftentimes people are afraid to say the wrong thing. I don't know if you, you resonate with that. You know, when someone's telling you something about what's going on with their life and it's bigger, it's a bigger thing people get really scared that they're going to say the wrong thing. And sometimes that, that, that fear can keep you from saying anything. And, and I would just really encourage you to, to be willing to listen and really listen, you know, listen without judgment or without jumping to solutions for the person, because chances are you don't have the solution for the person necessarily. They really maybe just need you to listen, um, check in, you know, don't, don't just, you know, hear someone tell you that they've been struggling and say, well, okay, <laughs> you know, check in with that person. Um, if you're not naturally a person who would think to do that, you can set a reminder on your phone, check in with, you know, so-and-so it's just, it's, it's good to feel like someone's thinking about you and it has you on their mind. And sometimes that really helps somebody feel like they can reach out, uh, remind the, the person that you really care, um, be patient. This is very hard when you're watching someone and maybe you know that they need help and they're just not ready for that yet. Because sometimes you feel like I have the answer for you. <laughs> you should just take the answer I have for you. Um, but people really, they need to get to, to the place of, you know, wanting to talk to someone or wanting to accept, you know, help or assistance whenever they're ready for it. And just be encouraging. Really, that's so important um, that, if, if you're willing to hear someone and not be judgmental and be encouraging, I, I feel like that just gives someone space to feel like, you know, I can, I can share with you what's going on with me and that's safe. Absolutely. You know, you do feel 
such a good relief and release when you finally can share with someone, maybe some heaviness that you're having, you know, and having that individual be supportive is always so great. Um, you know, so in, in coming to a close here soon, what do you think some of the key messages that you want people listening to really take away from this um, about, you know, make it okay campaign or mental illness, reducing the stigma? What, what are some key issues that people or key, key things, key messages you want people to take away from this? Sure. Well, the Make It Okay campaign is really about making it okay to talk about these things, that we don't have to hide them, that there's nothing personally wrong with you if you are dealing with a, a mental illness or you know situations in your life that have gotten a little bit bigger than you feel like you can handle. And I think it's so important for people to realize that mental illness is not only common, it is a treatable health condition. So if you think about one in five people in any given year deal with a, a mental health condition, you know, I'm sure you can think of 10 people, you know, there's two people in that group, I'm pretty sure, that are dealing with something related to their mental health. So it's, it's much more common than you would think. And when we're a little bit more open about these things, we start to hear stories that we identify with. And, and when we, you know, can identify like with other people that are dealing with the same thing, it, it makes us feel much more like we can talk about these things too. I think the other thing that's really important to remember is that stigma can keep people from seeking treatment. It, the ideas and the opinions of the people around us matter to us most of the time. And because of that, if, if we talk about individuals with mental illness in a very negative way, or we, you know, participate in portraying people um, with mental illness, you know, in a very negative light in, in media and social media, then that people don't want to be identified with that. That stigma will keep them from wanting to, to seek treatment sometimes because they don't want to be identified like that. And I think we all can understand nobody wants to be identified negatively or to be portrayed in a way that um, it is not positive. And so... I would also say, say, definitely do your own research to increase your understanding. You know, not people, people share a lot of opinions in many places, whether it's on social media or, or just on, you know, regular media, things like that. There's a lot of opinion out there, but I would encourage you to engage in facts and information that comes from reputable sources. And when you have that increased understanding, it's, it's, Great to talk and share with others. Um, really reducing stigma can save lives because we're making it okay for people to reach out when they need to. I'd also say it's never too late and absolutely never too early to get help for a mental illness. And there are just, there are resources that are available for support. Um, one of them is Peace River Center's Emotional Support and Crisis Line, and that's a crisis hotline that you can call 24 hours a day and you don't have to just be in crisis. You can just be going through something and need to talk to someone and that that's available and a counselor can even come out to where you are and, and talk with you. Um, those things are available in our community and they're just not widely known about because we don't tend to really seek them out till we're in a position to need the, the support. And I, and I would just say, you know, Peace River Center and the, the other you know mental health supports in our community, they're here for you. So Peace River Center is a not-for-profit organization, and we do 
mental health, substance use treatment services, and victim services in Folk Hardy and Highlands counties. We have been in our community since the late 40s, and we provide kind of like a wraparound continuum of care. So we provide things like outpatient therapy and, and medication management, and we have some inpatient programs for when people are in more crisis situation. And then we have a lot of community-based programs where we kind of wrap around and provide support for people who have um, mental health issues and, and need a higher level of support. We also have uh, victim services programs. We have two domestic violence shelters and a rape crisis program for individuals who've experienced, you know, domestic violence or sexual assault. And um, we also have, you know, a lovely thrift store that we would love to take your donations to that we provide vouchers to our clients um, to be able to give them items that they need. So Peace River Center is a community mental health agency. So if someone listening today would like to access care at Peace River Center, how would they access care? So um, the easiest way is to call our access to care line, which is 863-248-3311. I also mentioned our crisis hotline a few minutes ago, and that crisis hotline is 863-519-3744. And that is also um, available 24 hours a day that you can call and free of charge. Well, Candace, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, so thank you all for joining us. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. It's truly a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life.